Welcome everybody, I'm Tristan Cannell, and this is Talking with TK. Guys, another bumper episode ahead with the legend of surfing and Australian sport, Mark Ocalupo. Really having a look at Oki from an incredible journey where he was dominating surfing at you know the tender age of 17 years old to leaving the tour and then coming back and claiming that crown at age 33 in 1999. What an incredible human and sportsman and someone that's done Australia proud for many, many years. Before I get into my interview with Oki, just a big thank you for everyone that's been tuning in and subscribing and leaving me five-star reviews on iTunes. Really appreciate all the support. If you do want to get in touch with me, best thing to do is contact me either on social media. I'm Tristan Cannell Fitness across all my social medias, or you can hit me up at Tristan at TalkingWithTK.com. We've got some monster episodes ahead. But just remember, if you're just tuning in for the first time, first three episodes have been really great. We've had UFC legend Mark Hunt on, Australia's rising star of boxing, George Cambosis, and recently, motocross legend Robbie Madison. So check them out, and also enjoy today's show with Mark Ocalupo. Special guest is Mark Ocalupo. Mark is one of the legends of Australian sport and world surfing. Oki has had an incredible journey from dominating the world circuit at only 17 years old to making an incredible comeback years later to win the world title at in 1999, age 33. He has a great new show, The Occast, and he joins us on the show to tell us more. We welcome Mark Ocalupo. Oki, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you, Tristan. How are you, matey? Doing really well, man. Mark, first things, congratulations on the baby. Really pleased for oh, you. Loving all the posts on Facebook and on Insta, oh, man. Thank you. What I wanted to ask you, actually, was just about that, having having a baby later in life. For myself, I've had a couple of friends that have done it lately, and it really has just breathed a new, fresh fresh air into their life. Can you can you tell us about the experience? Oh, it's such a good experience. I mean, uh, you know, I've, obviously, I've already had two boys, and... Um, you know, having my first one was just like life changing, and then you know, and the second one, and and then just you know, uh, having uh, you know, just um, not probably thinking that I would ever have a baby again, and meeting my new girl, and uh, and then you know, falling in love, and um, and having a baby was pretty much something that I never thought would happen again. You know, at the age of the tender age of fifty, and it was incredible. You know, I mean, it just. Uh, it brings so much um, kind of joy and happiness and everything back around having a new bub, you know, in the family because we do have a big family. My girl um, has five kids, so um, it's actually Pretty eight much. between us now. Yeah, it pretty much is. 
Yeah, but I mean, but all the kids, you know, they're all over 10 years old now, so they're all really enjoying it pretty much, as, you know, as much as, as we are. And uh, the baby's just got non-stop <laughs> um, attention. So baby's, you know, baby's 10 weeks now and he's kind of freaking out just going, who are, who are all these people? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but, um, but, you know, what? it's just so fun having a new baby. Uh, it's just incredible. Um you know, obviously, yeah, it's just, it's amazing to see new life and, and it must, you know, it kind of feels like it's keeping me young again. So, yeah, it feels really good. So what's your, your advice to us young blokes in our mid-30s, mate? Is it to maybe wait a little bit longer in life? Um, you know, yeah. I mean, how old are you, Tristan? I'm 34. 34. Um, yeah, we're no kids yet. No kids. Um, no kids, yeah. Well, you know, I... I didn't have my first till you know later in life and um and i think you know it works both ways but you know especially for guys i think it's probably a good thing maybe to wait um you know there's a lot to do out there and uh you know like children need you know pretty much 100 percent um of uh duration so i think it's good to wait you know like definitely you know and um but, you know, it does work both ways. I mean, if you're in a country town or something and there's not a lot going on, I mean, you're going to have a baby pretty early. But, um, but yeah, it, it works both ways. Mark, I've been listening to the offcast lately. I love it. I love it because of the fact oh, you get you. to tell the stories of, you know, some of your close friends and some of your rivals. But at the same time, I've been liking the ones with, like, Kevin Dillon and Luke Rockhold as well. Something different, I guess, gives yeah. you a variety there. So tell us a little bit about the podcast. Yeah, well, the podcast is... It's going fantastic, yeah. It's called the Opcast, and um, and I'm pretty much pretty much done like about thirty now. I've done a bunch last week. I've done um, like Dave Rustovich and Brad Gerlach and the founder of Billabong Gordon Merchant, and now they're going a bit longer now. And we're also going to start putting like um overlay on it, so you can see maybe some footage of what we're talking about or shots. Um, so because a lot of people have been actually not just listening but watching. So, um, yeah, we've done some funny ones that I think people might have seen. We've done the Harrington Twins, those mad hooey boys that are completely crazy. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I really like it, you know, Tristan, because it's on the other side of the kind of, well, it's not exactly camera. Well, it is because it does get, um, it does get filmed too. But, you know, usually just, you know, usually through my career, I was, you know, on the other end of it, you know what I mean? So it's kind of weird you know asking the questions and that and um i do get questions thrown back at me but you know it's really nice i like i love a chat and um and i love to see how deep i can get into their you know into their lives and um and and that's what's good for me too because i know like a lot of the people that i'm after in the surfing world um you know do you know want to do it with me so it's good so i don't have to you know like um you know, just get um, refused yeah. so much. Um, you know, but, you know, but but the question that you asked is, I'm really into and want to and going to um, do some more celebrities. Yeah, um, I'm off to LA in a couple of months, so we're going to um, do uh, hopefully um, a few celebrities that surf. Yeah, oh, some really popular ones, and they love surfing. So um, yeah, so I'm going to be up in Hollywood for a few days and. Okay, if I could recommend you one guy, yesterday I sat down... Who do you recommend, Tristan? Mate, I sat, I sat down with Robbie Madison yesterday. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Robbie actually lives in you know, California. The, 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 the motorbike rider. Yeah. yeah the, the guy that, yeah, the guy that does all, all the stunts, Evil Knievel, mate. He lives yeah. halfway between California, so halfway between LA and San Diego. Yeah. So yeah. I think considering what your both backgrounds, I think you guys would actually make an amazing team for an interview, actually. Well, yeah, I'd love to do it. Let me know. I'll put you in touch. Mm-hmm. All right. Mark, have you ever had a chance, just having a look at just studying just before bringing yeah. you on, have you had a chance to actually reflect on just your career and everything that's happened? Um, I do have a lot of reflection now. Um, you know, I, I turned 50 last year and um, it was a pretty good reflection time. You know, like I've got a beautiful place... Uh, like, I'm living right on the beach at Rambo Bay and I often just stare out to the ocean and think, you know, how lucky I was to have that career and I'm probably too young to say I'm retired, but I feel like I am. I mean, I'm still working quite avidly for Billabong and, um, and, and you know, especially with the Opcast and, and various things that they, they get me to do, but... But, you know, I, I kind of love being retired and, and I think about how good it was because, you know, it was... It was a career that was in pretty much two different complete stages, you know, like, you know, I, I got on tour when I was, you know, straight out of year 10 at school, pretty much, and um, straight on a plane over to South Africa, and then, <laughs> excuse me, um, and then, um, uh, and then, yeah, and then just all year on, on, you know, on planes and competing and having great success and having a great time, and then, um, yeah, and then, yeah, it's just got to, Got a little um, hectic, and and then yeah, I just kind of got really homesick, and I had to go home. But um, you know, I mean, this is kind of my life story in one short little piece. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but you know, I went home, and uh, you know, and then you know, like far out, I got kind of depressed, thinking, was it the right decision? Put on a lot of weight because I, I, you know, I'm one of those metabolisms that. Um, I've got one of those metabolisms, you know, that I need to kind of keep uh, moving and um, keep uh, exercising a lot. Otherwise, I do find a lot of weight, and, yeah. um, and I did. And, uh, yeah, and I, there was a stage there that I, I thought, don't chance I'd ever make a comeback. I was just, like, I was just putting weight on and, like, it was, it was kind of scary. And then, um, but, yeah, like, just to... Get, make the comeback and um, and then get the world title or something that I never envisioned and um, you know I've got to thank people around me you know at that stage at that stage it was my first wife at that time and um, and actually the founder of Billabong Gordon Merchant that was kind of my mentor you know and he, he was you know obviously sponsored me since I was 15 and at that stage I was in my um, you know late 20s you know mid 20s late 20s and he gave me, um, you know, he just gave me that time to, to you know, like just reflect and not compete. And for a while there, I was barely surfing, you know, and I put on all that weight, like I say. But you know, he was still paying me, and um, he was still backing me that I was going to come back. And I, and I don't know, uh, you know, it's been such a great, you know, relationship with um, with him and Bill Long. Just, you know, it's been like a payback and then, you know, like, uh, and then he backed me and then, you know, when I made my comeback and won, you know, I, I kind of paid them back and, you know, um, yeah, so, 
Have you Pretty asked, cool story. Yeah. yeah. Have you asked him exactly why he, after you know you were out for quite a number of years, did you actually ask him what he saw in you? Well, that's a really good question, actually. It's just something that I haven't asked. Um, and I should have, when I've done my podcast, when I've done the upcast with him the other day, I should have. I mean, I, I you know, it's funny because, you know, I don't know why. Um, he was actually... He was probably the only one that I was kind of seeing through that um, kind of depressed, hibernated period because he was going out with my first wife's sister, which okay. was crazy at the time. So, so we were having dinner every now and then, like every other fortnight or something. Or and um, and he was sweet, you know. He was just like, you know, just take a break, take a break, and he's just I don't know, he's such a nice man that. Um, you know, I don't know, and I don't know why, and I should have asked him that, like, why did you, like, think and, um, you know, and keep paying me, and, you know, um, I don't know why, and it's a good question, because, you know, like, I think, guess I've done that well in my early, you know, um, teens, that maybe, you know, he thought, you know, it was, you know, I would maybe come back and maybe be a free surfer, maybe, or something, because yeah. the reason why he... You know, kept paying me, and the reason why he, uh, the, for the whole comeback, was, you know, he's like, well, I'm still paying you, and we can't use you in, like, advertisements in, like, surf mags and this and that, you know, this, and um, and you got to you got to get fit again, otherwise I can't pay you anymore. So that was actually, I mean, it's not a great <laughs> story there, but that was the reason why I actually did. Uh, I can't get out of it. I'm way over wage. I'm not going to get paid anymore, so that's what started my, um, you know, my lost weight program, my fitness program, and then it just turned into my comeback. But it's funny because when I actually, at the pinnacle, when I got really fit again, I was in Hawaii, um, I made it through the Pipeline Masters trials, and I made it all the way to the final and uh, against Kelly Slater, and, and a great event at Pipe, and it was really perfect, and really big. And then that's when I decided, okay, I want to requalify again. And I actually asked Gordon, and um, he said, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> so I put that on him the other day in the podcast. And he couldn't quite remember. He was like, really, did I say that? And I'm like, yeah. And, um, and then, but he backed me. I'm like, nah. I'm like, I'm looking at me. I'm fit. I've just made the final pipeline. I, I want to requalify. And the only reason... He thought it was a bad idea. Was if I wouldn't didn't requalify, it probably wouldn't be a good look for what he wanted to use me in. He's like you know, like a free surfer fit kind of guy. But um, but yeah, no, I was lucky enough to requalify the very next year, and then um, yeah, then I yeah, I had instant success. I think you know because I had that much experience, and I was fit again. Um, I got second in the world, and then the very next year, I won. Yeah, so yeah. Guys, if you haven't yet, check out our show with Robbie Madison, and here's a quick sneak peek of our interview. That'd be cool. I'd love to. I'd love the support of Australia, man. I appreciate the interview and the time. And uh, you know, I'm just a blue collar guy. I'm here. I'm Australia, and I just, I'm just flying a flag. You know, I'm just, I'm here representing every Aussie that has struggles, and we all have them. We're all human, and I just like to think that after my career's over I can travel Australia and connect with all my brothers and sisters out there and just be a strength to people you know I just want people to be able to be able to have the strength to face tough times and not give in you know and, and, and that's that's pretty much my motto is I've I've done the impossible 
and I want the stuff that I've done to resonate with with, uh, with the men and women of Australia and of the world and to let them know that when times get tough, take a deep breath, you know, because time heals all wounds and uh, and we, we get older, we get wiser and sometimes when you let things go, you know, in, in time they all make sense again and you know, I hope that, that the strength in those words can, can resonate with people and help them get through their toughest times and be their best and live life in peace. Thanks again for tuning into the show. If you haven't yet, subscribe via iTunes and please leave us a five-star review. We've got a stellar cast of guests coming up. Next on the show, we have Paul, the Chief Harrigan. Also coming up on the show, we've got John Bow and the legend, David Campisi. So be sure to subscribe, tell your friends, and also get in touch with me. Now back to the show. Okay, you mentioned you know success early. You know you won early in Sydney when you were fifteen. You won your pipeline masters when you were only seventeen. You were dominating yeah. the world circuit just at seventeen and eighteen years age. Did you think? Do you think success came too easy for you early, and that was a kind of bit of a catalyst for you kind of falling off the rails a little bit? Yeah, probably for sure. You know, I mean, like uh, peaking too early thing. Maybe yeah. Uh, I mean, there's probably a lot of reasons. Um, you know, I. You know, I was like I was in the top five like instantly when I was you know when I first uh, got on tour, and then I you know I didn't sit far. I was thinking when I retired, I was like number nine or something, and it wasn't so much the rating. I was just yeah, I just wasn't um, kind of into it for some weird reason. You know, I was like I had so much going on and so much going. Sorry, more not going on, but so much going for me and um and something inside me just went, you know, I was yeah, I was in LA and um I was at Huntington Beach and uh, I was in the on, on the Billabong team and they were all going um to Europe the next the very next morning, um, for the next leg and uh and I knew there was a flight home at midnight that night from LA to Sydney and I was like I had my mindset on it that I was jumping on that flight. So I didn't even tell them, I just I had a contest that day. I was in the quarterfinals at the um, US Open, and well, I actually made myself get like a paddling interference, to, so I'd lose. Because in the morning, I knew I wanted to do, make that move. Yeah. And I started like, and I started getting through all my heats. I was like in the quarterfinals or the round before, and I got through, and I got through again. I'm like, oh, this ain't good. I'm like, I want to go home, and then. So, like, at the end of the day, in the afternoon, I yeah, made myself a bit of talent in the parents, and then, yeah. And then I just had my mindset going home. And once I got home, I'm like, what have I done? And then I had to, obviously, like, call Gordon um, <laughs> and tell him, and he's like, what? Um, yeah, but this is the day. This is way before social media, so, like, no one really knew what I was doing, but um, I just went and hibernated, and, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Okay, did you change much from when you came back in 95? You know, it didn't take you long to win the world title. You, you won it by 1999. In terms of being out for so long, compared to what you were doing before when you were younger, was there any change at all? Um, well, probably a little bit. I mean, you know, uh, it's funny. Maybe if I didn't have that break, I mightn't have ever won. Because I mean, when I came back, I was fresh. I mean... I was fresh myself, but I probably would have been fresh in the judges' eyes too because I hadn't seen the surface so long. Yeah. Um, so that probably helped for sure. Um, you know, I 
I did, like, you know, because my power's always been my, um, you know, the thing that gets me uh, my big scores and, and uh, you know, uh, but uh, I probably had to speed up my surfing a little bit and did concentrate on that. But other than that, yeah, like I say, it was um, probably just a fresh thing for them and me. Okay, I was laughing the other day. I was watching a video and it was just a mock of the rivalry that you had with Tom Curran. It was, yeah. it was pretty funny. I just wanted to ask you yeah. about the seriousness of your actual relationship and your rivalry with Tom. Um, it's a funny relationship, really. You know, Tom is a very introvert guy. Like, he's funny. I mean, he's an unbelievable musician. Um, but you can't get much out of him, you know. Like, uh, you know, when I was young, I was very outgoing. Um, probably, you know, still am, but... It would be hard to get a kind of a do out of Tom unless, you know, you'd have a couple of beers with him or something. Because, you know, he, um, he'll open up a bit then. But, you know, I went on a boat trip with him once and he was really funny. Um, you know, it's just, you know, I got to know him a bit more because you, you, you don't get, um, you know, you get a, uh, you know, everyone's, you know, zone in a, on a boat. But, um, you know, like, he's just really eccentric, introvert and eccentric. And, um, you know, so I, hardly enough, I never got super close to him. You know, I respect him, like, you know, insurmountably. And, uh, I don't know what he's up to at the moment, but, you know, we've, we've, I think we've gained more respect over the years. And, you know, I'd, it'd be great to, um, hang out with him. You know, we'll go on another boat trip with him because, um, you know, we've got a lot of history there. I interviewed Lane Beachley a few weeks ago and she actually had some really interesting things on strengths and weaknesses. She talked about really just paying attention to a lot of her weaknesses during her career. I just wanted to get your opinion on whether you were more of a guy that looked at your strengths or your weaknesses. Um, no, not really, you know. Um, I don't know why Lane Beachley would do that after winning seven world titles. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't seem like there's a lot of weaknesses there, but I mean, but I know she, um, you know, she did struggle a bit with um, chronic fatigue syndrome and stuff. And you know, I take my hat off to her; she's an amazing athlete and still hasn't been beaten seven world titles there. And I, you know, I wonder if it ever will. There's probably only one girl that can do it, and that's Stephanie Gilmore. Stephanie but uh, Gilmore, yeah. yeah, but you know, yeah, she's amazing. Um, not really, you know. With me competing, you know, I was like. The ocean's so hard. I mean, it's so beautiful, but it's just sometimes, you know, it, you can get denied. And you could be as strong as anything, and if the waves aren't coming your way, they're not coming. You know, and it can happen. And um, Or you can rock up, you know, and you're surfing the best ever, and someone's going to surf better than you. Um, so I've always, always kind of looked at it like that. You know, um, I, uh, you know... Um, I respect the ocean so much, and um, the weaknesses, not really. I just have appreciated um, just what the ocean's given me, you know, especially, you know, the losses were always really tough, but um, after winning the world title, they weren't so tough anymore because I kind of achieved what I really wanted to do for my whole, you know, life. Um, so, so, never really weaknesses, you know. I've been lucky too, you know, with... Um, with my body, even to this day, touch wood, that yeah, I've um, haven't had any serious uh, injuries. Um, 
but yeah, so so not really weaknesses. Nah, haven't really. Ah, uh, yeah, nah. Interesting. Oki, were you ever scared in the water at all? Oh yeah, yep, all the time. So many times. I mean, I've got I've got too many stories to tell in one podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Every time the waves this year, and I've you know had to compete in really huge waves. You know, a bunch, yeah, a bunch of times, like so many times. And um, yeah, really scared. I mean, it's scary out there when the waves are really, really big. It's scary. You know, I mean, I've never really, you know, been you know like a big wave surfer. Like, but I will surf big waves. <laughs> I mean, usually it's when I have to, and it's in a contest. You know, like, usually don't, I don't go chasing big waves by any means. Um, but, yeah, when you have to, you have to, you know, the contest is on. And, and it's scary. I mean, it's you're scared of your life. It's huge and it's so, yeah, it's radical and you get caught in the wrong spot. I've had a lot of bad, like, you know, hold downs, like two wave hold downs and stuff. And it's, it's totally scary, yeah. Yeah, I've interviewed... When you, yeah, when you, get, when you get older, hey, you don't want to surf, like... When I was young, it wasn't so bad, but the older you get, I don't know why, just because I think you slow down a bit more and you, I mean, you're still fit, but maybe not as, and um, big waves scare. I guess you got more, more on the line. You get older for some reason. You got a little bit more on the line, I guess, with children and things like that, probably your risk Well, that's true, yeah, yeah. That's true. You do think about that a lot, too, yeah. All right, Oki, I want you to say the first thing that comes to mind when I say the following okay. few names. Kelly Slater. Okay. Kelly Slater. Mick Fanning. Wow, the man. <laughs> Joel Parkinson. Smooth. Andy Irons. The freak. And Bruce Irons. The freak. <laughs> yeah, great interview you did with him too, by the way. Oh, thank you. All right, before I let you go, Oki, I want everyone to yeah. be following Oki. He's on Facebook and Twitter at Mark Ocalupo. He's got his podcast, Ockcast. Now, before I let you leave, Mark, can you please yes, leave us with some words of inspiration for people chasing their dreams out there, man? Yeah, well, um, today I'll just, you know, um, yeah, just the depression thing. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people suffer through it. My sister at the moment has got it really bad, and um, it's something that you can overcome. I mean, all it takes is like maybe one morning, just waking up, you're feeling a little better, get out do something, exercise, watch the sunrise or just enjoy Mother Nature and then just build on that and you can get better. It's totally possible. Mark, wise words. Thanks so much for stopping by talking with TK. Let's do it at this again sometime, buddy. Thanks, Tristan. Guys, we hope you've enjoyed that episode with Mark Ocalupo. Let me know what you think. Send me a quick email at tristan at talkingwithtk.com or get in touch on social media at Tristan Canal Fitness and tag me in posts if you want to share that with you, share this episode with your family and friends. I'd really appreciate it as well as subscribing via iTunes and if you, if you can leave me a little bit more juice, please leave me a five-star review. A bumper, a few episodes coming up. I've got Paul the Chief Harrigan, V8 Supercar Legend, John Bow. And Wallabies legend, David Campisi. So join us soon. Please get in touch. And remember, please share it with your family and friends. Till next time, I'm Tristan Cannell. And this was Talking with TK.